Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Always Learning Podcast. I am Aaron Bedore and uh, from 87 Media. And today, um, uh, we had a really, really awesome podcast. We had a special guest, uh, Amber Yaklin from the Dates and Yaks show. Uh, Amber is actually one of our partners, and we had a really cool conversation with her Um uh, regarding just kind of entrepreneurship and the journey of entrepreneurship and how um, you don't have to know coming right out of high school exactly what it is that you need to do with your life. Um, and that was something that her and I, we did the usual entrepreneurial journey. And it was really fascinating because she was very, very raw, very uh, tr- very trans um, transparent um, about just kind of how she felt through particularly her 20s and just kind of like meandering and not understanding um you know where she was supposed to be in life, and I, um, I definitely uh, experienced a very similar journey, and it was a lot of fun to kind of talk through because we're both in our thirties now and um, are really trying to figure where we really are figuring out exactly what we were made to do, and um, it's been a lot of fun because we feel like we're both doing it, and uh, we just got to talk a little bit about that, and um, a lot of encouragement, a lot of good nuggets in there. Um, enjoy yourselves, and, and definitely give it a listen. Hey guys, Amber Yaklin from the Dates and Yak Show. We got something a little special for you today. Um, I'm actually a special guest on a podcast called Always Learning. So we're going to be simulcasting. Uh, so I want to welcome Aaron Bedore once again. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. And uh, as Amber said, we're simulcasting. So I appreciate you guys having me as a guest on the Dates and Yak Show. It's been fun in past episodes. So let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah, super pumped. So thanks for having me um, on your show today. So what's what's new? What's going on? Oh, gosh. Well, um, I'm, I know you and I talked previously and we, uh, we wanted to simulcast this because it's something that's both near and dear to our hearts. You know, we're both in our 30s and um, something that we kind of we didn't start down this path, you know, uh, 10 years ago, we kind of came into it recently. So I I just was super excited to talk about it because um, where you're going and just your goals to be not only the baddest ass, you know, real estate agent in town, um, (laughs) but also, you know, a a teacher, a woman influencer, all those things. And I just kind of want to talk a little bit about the the journey. And um, I know I have a similar journey. So I just, I want to talk about like literally kind of compare and contrast notes because Frankly, I feel in a, in a big, big, big way that school, not talking crap about it necessarily, but it kind of misleads you into thinking you got to decide so early what you want to do. Yeah. And, and I just think it's a mistake because you have so much learning to do. Like, don't choose so early. Go try some stuff. And I just feel like that's, that's not something that happens. I feel like that's more forced. And I'd be curious now to like really interview a couple high schoolers and mm-hmm. see if things have changed or have progressed. But a lot of the conversations that happen in our home, especially like my husband graduated in 1999. I graduated in 2002. Mm-hmm. It's starting to sound a little bit ancient. Yep. Like today I was listening <laughs> to the radio and somebody was like, 2009, that was 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was <laughs> like, where is time going? Um, but we talk about how we definitely felt more of a pressure to have to go into a certain major or you have to go to college. There is no other choice. Mm-hmm. You won't be successful. You'll have a crappy job. You'll be homeless. You know, all the things I think these 80s and 90s kids, early 90s, like maybe learned. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious now. I mean, there's a, a set of kids graduating high school who were born after 2000. Like that's bananas to me. <laughs> right. But you had said something on one of your Facebook live videos. 
because mm-hmm. you're doing something really awesome, a thousand days of content. That's right. So it was a, it's a thousand day challenge. I was challenged. So a little bit about my story on that one is uh, we're in an accountability group, which I encourage everyone to, to jump into because you always need to have everyone challenging you. If you consider yourself at the top of your profession, like watch out because they're, they're coming for you, you know? So, um, I'm doing a thousand days of content because, um, I, as a marketer, am encouraging all of my clients, all of my people, um, to, to produce content because they want to be involved. That's why dates and yaks podcasts exist. Now you guys obviously ran with that. I just kind of nudged, but just encouraging people to go produce that and let people into your world. Right. And, um, and I wasn't doing it myself. I was literally the epitome of a fat trainer, basically, right? <laughs> so like, yeah, dude, you should be doing this, but uh, now I'm going to meet these Doritos over here, right? And that's not, that's not a good way to, to be. So, um, fat trainer, I love it. <laughs> so I, I literally arbitrarily kind of picked uh, a, uh, a thousand days because that's going to be so far in the future and also give ourselves some grace with, okay, it's not going to be every single day for a thousand days. But um, I was doing a Facebook Live a little bit, just kind of on entrepreneurship journey. And like you said, it's... um. It's everyone's encouraged to pick a lane so early where um, there's not a lot of room for for failure. Like college is a very expensive place to learn what you do or don't want to do. And I still feel like you don't learn there what you do or do want. So, okay. So you had said that you were going to go talk to some high schoolers. And I was Mm. like, oh my gosh, that is so genius to me. Like I'm curious if somebody had come to speak to my high school class if I had, if I would have maybe been like a little more self-aware sooner. And I think that's a lot of what we're not taught is like the Mm self-awareness, learning who we are. I mean, at 16, 17, 18, you can't really know who you are. It's just, it's just not a fact. I mean, Mm -hmm. you just can't. And one of the things that I really wish we would have delved into in high school was having somebody who could like point out some of your gifts to you. Yes. So... I grew up um, in Warren. I went to Cousineau High School. Uh, go Patriots. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that I loved was we had a radio and TV station. That's and awesome. And so sophomore year, I joined the radio and TV class, and I loved it. And I, I won rookie of the yeah, yeah, I won rookie of the year our first year in radio. Um, I crushed it. I had a... Um, I had a show with my best friend, Heather, who is still my best friend to this day, all these mm-hmm, years later. Mm-hmm. We were the Chicklets. We played only Chick Rock. Love we it. were very into Courtney Love and Hole, just <coughs> so you know how far I've come. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also had TV. So we made music videos. We had live broadcasts. We had our own show on there. And we were encouraged to create our own shows. Mm-hmm. And then we had to go out and market and, and promote these shows. Yep. And this was back in like... The year 2000, <laughs> like, you know, when we didn't have all the things that we have now, which I think would be killer to see what the kids are doing now there with social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, we thought that um, they, they'd come out with, like, these new, like, mega disc players. I don't know what they were called, but they were, like, cutting edge, like, oh, over sure. CDs. And it was nuts. <laughs> we were like, what's an MP3? Whoa. Yep. <laughs> um, so that was something that I didn't have to think twice about. I loved going to that class. Mm-hmm. I loved my teacher. I loved producing the content. I would go after school to be on a show. I'd come before school to be a part of the mm-hmm. fundraising. We'd stay the night and do fundraising telethons. So why didn't anybody say, hey, when something comes this naturally to you, this is how you know what you should do. Yep. Instead, it was the old adage of like, you should be a doctor. You should be a lawyer. You're very smart. You get good grades. Mm-hmm. But when that started slipping somewhere along the line, when pre-calc obviously wasn't going to work out for me, <laughs> yep. when I ditched my <coughs> senior year, 
radio and TV to take advanced classes that I practically bombed at when I went to Central Michigan University because it was the first place I applied to and the first place that took Fire me. Chips. And mm-hmm. my boyfriend at the time was going there for all. I mean, literally, like, I just feel like. Yeah. I shouldn't blame somebody else, but there was just zero leading in my life of like, Amber, what are you actually good at? What are you actually passionate about doing? You know? And to, and to be fair, I think I, I was having this conversation with one of the local high school teachers and um, it's very fortunate that we were having the conversation because she was coming to the thing, like she doesn't know how to equip the kids with that or doesn't know how to have that conversation um, but wants to, which is actually step one. I feel like it's not uh, not necessarily – we're not talking crap about maybe our, our teachers or leaders no, or no. whomever. They, they probably didn't know. They're still, still figuring out some aspects of life as well. It's how do you – like you said, how do you understand that it's okay – for a kid to double down on their strengths and really understand what they're passionate and good at and then maybe apply that in, in some ways. I think that's probably the disconnect. Here's here's where I think that we need to get more progressive. Like when I was going to high school, we would dog like the shop kids. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, burnouts, all they know I do is work on cars. I would kill to know how to fix Heck my own car. Yeah, man. Do you know how much mechanics make? And so it's a mindset shift and yep. it's a societal shift of not everybody has to go to college. <gasps> I said it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I completely agree. Oh my gosh. Completely agree. What, Amber? Blasphemy. Don't Mm. let your nine-year-old hear this. In our house, my mom still tries to push college, and we are like, listen, that's not – if she needs to go to college for her – for her major, for what she wants to be when she grows up, that's fine. But yep. I struggled and limped my way through college courses, racked up tens of thousands of dollars yep. in debt to end up finding what I really love to do is real estate and talking too much, per <laughs> usual. <laughs> and here we are with then, a successful podcast and a successful real estate Now, agent. no, I don't think anybody could have led me to that because that wasn't a career when we were younger. Maybe I would have gone into radio, sure. but there was no podcasting. There was no influencer. Sure. There was no... Instagram star. There wasn't, these kids are like, they want to be, oh, these kids want to be YouTubers. Yes, congrats. Go be a YouTuber. Make your yep, money, yep, honey. Yep. Celebrate. That's been a lot of the conversation I've been having is like, do you like doing that stuff? Okay, here, I can help you put it in this kind of avenue. Like you said, a YouTuber or streaming or whatever you want to be. I want, I want to double back really quick. I think at least uh, like for my parents, right, is I actually sat down and had some very specific conversations with them because my, my father is a dentist and my mother, mother, my mother was a teacher before she became a stay-at-home mom, right? So here's the thing. Everything they got professionally came directly from college. Mm-hmm. So naturally, the first inclination is to be like, hey, look, I don't care what you're good at. I want you to have a good living and a good family and all this yeah. other sort of stuff, which, again, their heart's in the right place, right? What I wish was back, like you said, in high school is understanding the strengths. Like uh, I talked on the Facebook Live a little bit. Um, the thing that opened my eyes to this the, the first time was two people. Gary Vaynerchuk said, uh, double down your strengths and don't worry about showing up your weaknesses, which is a very un-American thing to do. Americans, for some reason, are obsessed with the fact of like, oh, I'm not very good at this thing. I don't work on it. We're going to fix our weaknesses so we can just be like perfect. Exactly. You know, <laughs> which is was so such bullshit, frankly, because it's like, no, like you're a totally unique person. Chris is a totally unique person. I'm a totally unique person. All good at different things. Like that's the whole, like, you don't um, like use any kind of sports analogy, right? Like you put people in certain positions to succeed because they're good at certain things. It's right. pretty straightforward. Like when right? you're on a football team, the quarterback's not doing all the positions. Mm-hmm. He's the quarterback for a reason. I actually, and a big thing that I didn't know I was going to be passionate about, which again, a lot of it does take life experience, but I love reaching when other moms reach out to me yeah. and they're just like, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? And yeah, social media has like a lot of highlight reels, but I also try to share a little bit of like the authentic yep. struggles that we go through every single day. Mm-hmm. You got to find a sitter. You got to do schedules. Kids get sick you know and I had somebody the other day text me an agent on our team who I love to pieces and she was like 
I just am feeling like I can't do it all. And mm-hmm. I was like, you don't have to. That's yeah. the lie that you have been told, that we've all been told, that we have to juggle it all, mm-hmm. that we have to do it all or we're not going to do any of it well. Yep. And what we need to double down on is building the relationships with the people who can do well what we can't and doing it together. It's Absolutely. like, what do they say? Like when the, when the tide rises, all the boats go up. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And, and I, for, for me on that one, I want to give you kudos because she was probably com- comfortable coming to you in a moment of vulnerability because you've been vulnerable. You've shown that side of things, right? You've shown the cracks. You've shown that, that type of stuff. That is what wins in today's world um, because – so back in like the, the 70s, 80s, it, it just like pre-internet, right? Everything was staged. We consumed content via TV, um, you know, whatever was produced at that time, right? And then we kind of had the shift where like reality TV started to show cracks in that world. It was, was kind of fake reality right. stuff, right? But social like, media is real very – Real world. How, who was obsessed with real world? <laughs> We're, we're showing our age yeah. there too. Like real world, yes, let's go. I remember watching some of the very early season. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Like, go Seven on, strangers but... live in a house. <laughs> it's so good though. Such good trash TV. Yes. Right. Uh, but we've we've shifted now to where like anyone can go create their own little niche audience of it could be a thousand people, but if you were in your instance, if you were serving a thousand women that identified with you, were trying to follow along, then maybe they're real estate agents, right? A thousand women, mom, real estate agents. Like there are a thousand of those people absolutely in the US, way more than that, but I'm just saying your tribe of a thousand people where you allow them to follow along into the journey. You you give them resources, you give them tips, you can just get, you can give them, hey, don't make this mistake that I made. That's super empowering and it's it's crazy because we used to be restricted by like region, you know, like, right. oh, where does this radio go? Where does this TV show go? You know what I'm saying? And now you can reach people all across the world and it's just, it's a really cool time, but that's why vulnerability wins because ultimately it's human and then there's people that are, the people are going to like you and there's also going to be people that don't like you and that's okay. Yeah. And go again, find the ones that, are, that do. Yeah, and I've said from the beginning, like I just had one of those personal personalities growing up were like you either liked me or you didn't like me and uh I'm so jealous of that by the way that's one area I really truly struggle with that I want everyone to like me right oh, I have gosh. to be okay with that so let me let me just preemptively say this to anybody's listening who like still feels the judgment of like their friends their family their mom like whoever they're still trying to like impress fully I did not adopt this fully and understand it till maybe about two years ago wow that's huge. And I'm 35. I just turned 35. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not a woman who's afraid to say how old I am. I don't understand that part. Like <laughs> That's where why people, you heard me say earlier, I was like, 30s, like, just 30s, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that part where people are like, oh my gosh, I'm 29 again. Like, okay, but your oil of LA is not working. Um, like, it's just... It's, it's just fascinating to me because it's something that happened very organically and I wish I could pinpoint the time frame sure. and, and say exactly what I had heard that made me feel better about that. But it just got to the point where I was like, I'm exhausted trying to be the amber that everybody needs me to be and fit into this box and mm-hmm. be quieter and be more successful and be prettier and have better eyebrows, which I did master, but um, you know, you can't do it all. Eyebrows on fleek. <laughs> on you can't fleek. see it on the podcast, but they're on fleek. <laughs> so it, it just, it became too exhausting. I remember having this conversation with my husband where I was like, I am so tired of feeling like I didn't wear the right outfit and I didn't bring the right gift and I'm not the right friend and I'm not, you know, fitting in the mold of these other women or people surrounding me. So I'm just going (laughs) to stop. Yeah. Like I'm literally just not going to care what you think anymore. I'm just going to see what happens. And then what happened? And then everybody started really liking me. (laughs) 
that weird? Like, I somehow became, like, more popular, and I was like, no, I'm really busy, and I don't, I'm not taking any current friend applications right now. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not like that, but... I, I have a theory on that, though, because I think that people are drawn to people that are comfortable in their own skin because everyone has certain levels of insecurity. That's what happened. I finally right? got really comfortable in my own skin, and ironically, I became most confident at a time in my life where, like, maybe the image, the, the exterior image wasn't what I had anymore. You know, like, I'm three kids later, wait for fluctuates the way you look the way you dress and I just stopped caring I was like literally I cannot care anymore mm-hmm. because it's exhausting and most people don't even know that you're doing it super true I mean even down to when I became a realtor and I would like obsess over like what am I going to wear to this showing mm-hmm. and if you see my my page now and you follow along I put funny stuff on there all the time and I'm like you know how what kind of friends we are based on how I show you a house because yep. I'm probably coming in leggings and Uggs because it's snowing and I'm cold but I'm still a kick-ass realtor. Damn right. Because I mean, you kill it. You execute. Giving yourself right? compliments. That was a huge one. Changing your mindset and your own negative talk. The way I speak speak to myself, sure. I would never speak to another human being that way. <laughs> right? You know? Right. You were uh, you were in an abusive relationship with yourself. Actually, that's totally. something that um, I was just listening to our, our coach's podcast uh, on the way over here. And it was literally talking about that. I was like, why, why in the world, like, you would remove an abusive relationship from your life, you know, yesterday. I right? wouldn't let a stranger on Facebook talk to me the way I talk to myself. Exactly right. I mean, it's nuts. It's yeah. nuts. But yeah, I, I mean, essentially like right out of kind of like going back to like, how did I get to this point? Like right out of high school, mm-hmm. I went away to Central Michigan University. I spent one semester there. You know mm-hmm. why? It was not the right fit for me. And one thing about myself, I used to think this was a flaw of mine that I would hop around, mm-hmm. but I can't stay where I'm not comfortable. Yeah. I can't just sit uncomfortable in my own skin. CMU was not the place for me. College life, campus life, it just, it did not agree with me well. So I was coming home all the time. My mother didn't even know I was home half the time. I would come home midweek because yep. I only had Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes. I would skip. I mean, it's an expensive lesson to learn. Sure. So one semester in, I was like, I can't live in the cornfields. This is not who I was made to be. So I moved back home. I started going to a community college. I half my way through there I'm just kind of like oh whatever because now I'm like oh I'm gonna go bartend I'm gonna go wait tables and I'm making what I thought was great money right right. like fast cash isn't that funny I'm 18 (laughs) I'm at Applebee's and I'm hustling making my 80 bucks and I'm spending most of it at the bar that night and I'm going back to make more right that's right and and you got really good at living off of like 40 bucks you know yeah I'd be like oh man I could stretch that you know totally (laughs) I was driving like my brand new Saturn and I was going to Applebee's which is where I met my husband Mm -hmm. so again I just feel like there's a plan like thank god I came home that's where I met my husband and then um, so I dropped out of community college so fast forward we get married we are having a baby and I'm like I got to finish my degree and this was our constant hamster wheel my husband I'd be like we got to finish our degree we got to finish our degree (laughs) we didn't even know what was at the other side of that degree was the whole problem so he ends up taking online classes I'm going to an art school that has since gone under which I'm like do I still have to pay you money because you went under (laughs) right you know paying eight thousand million dollars or credit hour to go to a school where they taught me nothing over and over and over again. I did a stint in interior design. I did a stint in merchandise marketing and management. And then finally, I somehow just got an, an associate's degree yep. because they were closing the school down. And I was like, my daughter's three. I I've been here something. too long. Yeah. I got to like move on. So tens of thousands of dollars later, I have an associate's degree, which mm-hmm. is very embarrassing at this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, I'm on my second kid and I'm back to waiting tables part-time because yep. I'm home with my kids. 
But I had all these little jobs in between. Like I started leasing apartments. I was really successful at that. I did a lot of direct sales in between. I was like successful with that. Um, There was these little signs that always pushed towards real estate that I just couldn't see because I could never see the bigger picture around me. And I was so worried about what everybody thought of me. And I never wanted to tell anybody that I was just a server, which by the way, if you're a server these days, you're killing it. Absolutely. You can go work anywhere in the world. If you are a server or bartender right now and someone's telling you that you have to go to school and you don't want to, tell them to go blow it (laughs) and go work at any place you can go to Orlando you can go to Tampa you can go to San Diego you can work anywhere in our country most places in the world any tourist spot and you can bank and travel the world yep but nobody told me that mm-hmm. I was just a bartender slinging drinks yep right so um fast forward one day my very genius uh uh sister-in-law who mm-hmm. happens to love school has a master's degree I could never mm-hmm. like sit in a classroom that long Nerd. but she no, loves school that's, I my, like, yeah. that's my dad too if he could like professionally go to school he would that, like, that's he loves she, it. she's like a professional student <laughs> and she was like you have sold everything under the sun why don't you go sell houses yeah biggest thing and you can I sell. was like eh, all right like <laughs> challenge accepted sure sure <laughs> And I just never expected to fall into it and love it and forget loving it, like be really good at it yep. and then be able to admit that I'm really good at it. Sure. What, what kind of sense of relief did you feel? And I'm, I'm asking some of the questions to kind of compare and contrast mine just for fair kicks, but like through your twenties when you were kind of meandering, uh, you know, let's, let's call it kind of yeah. trying all these kind of different things. Cause I had a sim- little bit of a similar journey and I'm very thankful that you are, are talking about that. Cause a lot of people don't, like you said, I've, I, even I, I was like, I don't like to talk about, like I dropped out of college. I, and I also went back to community college, similar to you, and was like, uh, no. Then I did firefighting for a minute, and that was a lot of fun, got some great skills, but it wasn't ultimately where I was meant to be. And then, um, you know, a lot of people on my podcast kind of heard the, a little bit of my journey, but I went to multiple sales jobs and multiple marketing jobs and kind of worked up to where we are now. Um, I know in my 20s, there was a lot of, like, angst, and people that, that can't see me, I'm, like, I'm literally kind of, like, showing, like, just this pit in my stomach where I was like, I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going, which is more the more frustrating part. So talk about a little bit how you feel, how you felt then and also what you feel now and how empowered you feel now. I'm really fascinated about that. Yeah, I love the word angst because I always used to use that when I worked at the at the restaurant. Like when, when you go back to serving and you're 31 and you're two kids in and, and you're literally working with 18 and 20 year olds, mm-hmm. it's super fascinating to like kind of watch yourself through another lens. Right. But I used to always be like, you guys are so angsty. Like... So like, ugh, so yeah. mad at the world for no reason. You're mad at this table. You're mad at the cook. You're just mad. But I felt it was the embarrassment that turned into more of like this like rebellious anger. Mm-hmm. It was watching my peers, you know, Facebook started getting hot around like the year I got married, like 2008, 2009. I created a Facebook and I watched people who I went to high school with who went to really good universities, who had really great degrees, who appeared to have really great jobs. And... I let the comparison is a thief of joy. And I've Absolutely. heard this over and over and over again, but I didn't really get it till like I got older. I was comparing, comparing myself to them and feeling less than, Yep. you know? And meanwhile, you know, I got married when I was 24. I was kind of young. Yeah. If you think about it, like it didn't feel young then, but they didn't. Yeah. They all got married last year. They all have one year olds. I've been married 10 years, Aaron, yeah, that's you awesome. know? So it's, What's cool about it now is really just knowing that everybody has their own journey. And when you're so peaceful about that, you can be happy for other people instead of being angry that like they're traveling because their job is, I didn't even know what people's jobs were. I didn't sure. know how to get that job. <laughs> they work their asses off for those jobs. And I'm like, oh, bitch, going mm. to Hawaii. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
you know, I'm mad. Yeah. And that goes, that goes both ways because the, when you're looking at that also for you and being successful as you are now, like that's like if, if people are hating on you now, it's just because they're looking internally and, be, and they forget that you took that crazy 10, 12-year journey where you had no idea. Right. You were kind of working through and, it. And that's just and like... You're, you're like grasping at straws. Um, and you're just like, why can't I figure this out? Why can't I figure this out? Meanwhile, I did my. I got a little sense of relief after I had my first daughter. Yeah. Like, I was 27. I had a, a kid. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I really was meant for motherhood. Mm-hmm. Like, this, I knew I wanted a family. And I didn't know what I wanted to do for a career, so I went the marriage and kid route, mm-hmm. but still was embarrassed by that. Like yeah. as a woman, like why that? Oh, you're just going to be like a housewife. But oh, let me tell you, like stay you at just, home moms. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. They, you got to have it together, man. Mm-hmm. But I found a little bit of my calling in that. But it was, it was really funny to just kind of look back and be like, I'm grasping at straws, and I wanted the answer now. And I did not start listening to Gary Vee until. I became a realtor. I met Chris probably like three years ago and these little snippets of videos. And one day he said something and it changed my life. He was like, I'm 40. I'm young. So-and-so didn't create Walmart till he was in his fifties or something. I can't really like verbatim remember facts Uh like that because I don't care. But, um, (laughs) you know, he's like, so-and-so didn't start Sam's club till then. And -and so-and-so didn't start this enterprise till this age. And -and so-and-so wasn't a billionaire till they were 58. I'm young Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here crying because I'm 30 and because I'm just getting it together. And Aaron, just like you said, like as soon as I stopped caring what everybody around me thought and I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want Mm -hmm. within moral and ethical standards. And I'm going to, I'm going to just do it to the best of my ability and I'm going to start telling myself how great I am and I'm going to tell other people how great I am because I'm good at what I know and I don't pretend to be good at what I don't know and I'm only in my mid-30s and I started watching even the last few years like your life changes. You don't have everything when you're 21. You're probably going through school or if you're not going through school, you've got some like entry-level job or maybe you're serving and bartending and you don't even know what you want to do with that yet kind of thing and then you move up to like get to 30 and you're supposed to just have it together it's like get married and have a house and have some kids and your career is supposed to be making you you know seven figures and that just doesn't happen for everybody but I've already seen the more financial piece that my husband and I have now that I do have this career he's moved up in his career it's an organic state of life Yep. And it's okay to go through the struggle. Being okay with that is one of the biggest things. Like I, I, I just had an epiphany on this podcast actually, which is really interesting because I was trying to make it like a little bit of my mission where when I was going to these high schools, if I could shorten the learning curve for some of these kids a little bit on saying, oh, maybe I could convince you to be an entrepreneur earlier in life and not go through some of the struggles that I did. Actually, I think I'm, I'm starting to shift a little bit just hearing yours because some of those experiences that I know for me, some of my experiences that I experienced over the past 10 years directly affect how good of a leader I am now, how good I am my job, how all those things, right? So I needed those experiences. I wasn't ready at 24. Right. The difference is being okay with that. Yes. So right? I was going to say like, it's okay. Like you don't have to shorten the time frame. Yes. You don't have to become an entrepreneur earlier if that's what you want to do. But one of the big takeaways I would have if I was speaking to somebody younger is I started to become known as the girl who would just try anything, but it had a negative connotation. Like, like I would just start any business. Like, Amber's always starting a business. I can't tell you how many times I opened and closed an Etsy shop or <laughs> half-assed, like, did a blog. Like, I have a blog floating out there somewhere that has, like, three posts. It's kind of funny when I go back <laughs> to it. It's called Gak Chic. I mean, it, it was, like, Dope. the things I had to make up and do and... I want, but I never like fully put my whole heart into it, mm-hmm. but people were just like, oh, she's doing this thing again. Mm-hmm. And it became like, I didn't want to tell people what I was doing. Absolutely. Like, I didn't want to tell them what I was selling. I didn't want to tell them about Same. the opportunity. I didn't want to tell them. 
And then when I became a realtor and became good at it and started to get some sales under my belt, I was like, I have a professional career. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I'm going to start doing these Facebook Live videos. And then people started responding to that. Right. And I was like, I could actually make a difference and motivate people to just have a different mindset mm-hmm. and want to just be better and do better without the pressure of somebody else being like, you need to do better and be better. Uh-huh. So that's what I would tell a kid. I would just be like, the sooner you can stop caring mm-hmm. what your peer, especially your peers. Why do you have other drunk, broke people telling you what you should be doing? <laughs> right. Do you know how many drunk, broke people I hung out with? Shout out. Still love you girls. But I mean, honest to God, like we were all getting advice. It was like the blind leading the blind. Blind leading the blind. Absolutely. Like, let's just go to the bar and get wasted and then we'll figure life out. And we came up with million dollar ideas at that bar, but sure. nobody remembered them in the morning. <laughs> nope. Don't wrote on the napkin. I, I'll tell you, Erin, my funniest thing ever. Uh, a bartender and I that worked at um, Gator Jake's in Sterling Heights. Okay. We before another shout out. Yeah, <laughs> Gator Jake's. Pink um, it belongs to Victoria's Secret. You know they started coming out with like the collegiate gear yep. and the NFL and the professional gear, and it was all like blinged out. And girls finally had something cute to wear to games. Sure, sure. Before they came out with that, we were like, we need cute gear for girls. And the Tigers were in the World Series that year. Oh, yep. So I think it was like what oh six. Yep. And we would go to her house after the bar and stay up all night long and bedazzle Detroit Old English D's onto hoodies that we had bought. We got funded by our boss. He, like, invested into us. And we would sell them at the bar. And we did. Like, we sold a few of these hoodies. We'd wear them around. When that dissolved, it was, like, one more thing of, like, dang, like, I just can't seem to hold on to anything. But instead of looking at it that way, I would tell a kid, like, that's awesome. You you went somewhere outside of the box. You didn't know how to execute it. Right. I didn't have the relationships to execute a clothing line. And I probably found out that I don't actually want a clothing line. Absolutely. And, and what was funny about all that too is uh, I would ask the question, what'd you learn? Because that's always fascinating, right? Oh, what'd you learn? Oh, well, like you said, um, I, I, maybe uh, like retail clothes isn't exactly what I wanted to do, but I found some cool things with it. Yeah, what'd but you learn? Also- you put too much time and you don't get the money. That you, <laughs> right, you, yeah. you can't charge enough for that hoodie for how long it takes that's to right. bedazzle once we're off the crystal at a time. <laughs> Let me tell you what. <laughs> and also, ain't nobody buying that hoodie for $150, right. which is what you really what I wanted. Right. right? So, but, but pink is. Uh, but pink is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. Well, and, and that goes back to like one of the things I encourage everyone to do. So we talked about kind of, okay, what's your personality? Double down your strengths, right? Find find the who. This is another thing that is really coming down the pipeline a lot because you don't have to do everything yourself, right? Concentrate on what you're good at. If you're really good at kind of dreaming up those ideas and stuff like that, find the who and a person, and this could be a, a number of different facets. Let's say for the clothing line, stick with that, you know, someone that does bedazzling faster. That's one simple example. If you right. want to do like a small micro business, right? I would argue... You go and find someone that's doing clothing line at scale, right? And be like, hey, I got this idea. Get a cut of sales, right? You Now you have an idea that's off and running and being executed. Right. Now like you can go create another Don't one. go to Meyer and just start like sorting through the racks and buying like, you know, full price, right. retail price right. hoodies. Exactly. And, and then finding the who and then finding the how. Mm-hmm. Like um, kind of doubling back to what we do now with the podcast or if you have a blog or if you're an influencer, you hear these terms being thrown around that people don't really understand. Um, it's almost like church terms. Like you start going to church, <laughs> everybody has like their church terms and sure. you're like, I'm sorry, I just found out about God and I don't even know what you're talking about. Nope. So it's in business. <laughs> It's like these business terms, like a media kit. Everyone's like, put together a media kit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a media Bunch kit is. Bunch of acronyms and shit. Yeah. You're like, now, what? <laughs> I could Google it. Yeah. But we all know my personality is like, I need somebody else to do that for me and just yep. tell me what it is. So like, find out what a media kit is. Mm-hmm. 
Find out what you do. You want to be a YouTuber? What do you want your content to be about? Go ask your mom to start. Big, the, my biggest regret right now sitting at this table is that I've not let my daughter start a YouTube channel yet. She's been begging me. She's eight years old. I don't even know because I'm overthinking it. I'm like, what would she even talk about? Sure. Let her Anything. do her thing. Yeah. Do you know what kids watch on YouTube? Let me tell you. It's, it's retarded. I don't it's yet. It's really dumb. <laughs> it's really dumb. My four-year-old watches other people play with LOL dolls. She has LOL dolls. She has a house. She watches one person with hands basically just talk back and forth between LOL dolls. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. Somebody's making a lot of more money than I am doing yep, this. Because, because they're afraid to take that first first step, right? Like but like so like video games and streaming and stuff like that. People think that it's ridiculous that that – the, there's such a following people watching play video games. Yeah. One note, like people were thinking this is ridiculous that we're sitting around watching someone go and play a sport. Like it's literally the same yeah. thing. What do you what do you like putting your time into? That's the question. A really cool thing was when I was going to my art school, there was video game design. Yeah. And I was fascinated by that. That is interesting. I was like, think about it. Somebody's making these up. Dang I'm right. like, I'll still go buy a Nintendo Classic and play some Mario Brothers three. Dang right. Oh, it's uh, shout out best game ever. I will yeah. argue. I will argue that. <laughs> I will argue that best game. So good. <laughs> Give me some Nintendo Classic. But the video games now. I mean, I'm even at this age where no, I'm not old, but I'm also old enough where I'm like, I have no idea what any of these games are. <laughs> Minecraft, I have no idea what my daughter's doing. Sure. <laughs> but you know what? And that's okay because like that's that's like for the other generation. Like honestly, that's that's fine. But now hardcore gamers our age might might be into that, you know what I'm saying? But like we grew up on Mario and Nintendo and all of those sort of stuff. Like that's our thing. But here know? what here's what doesn't change. What doesn't change is if you change your mindset, if you have somebody like an Aaron showing up to your high school to give you this talk, all you have to do is spark a different mindset of totally one agree. kid. Totally agree. And one kid who says, I can do it. Because we are, not only are we always told that we are not good enough, we can't do it, and that we need to fix ourselves, but like at that age, I don't care. The most confident person I went to high school with, I now know as an adult, was not that confident at 17 years old. They were putting it on. They were putting it on, and they put it on better than I did. Mm -hmm. And they tell you that now, and be like, whoa, like, yeah, I was like, oh, you're so confident, whatever. And you're like, no, not really. Um, I'll tell you one thing. It was really interesting. So just kind of like going back to the the class that I was into, this is really fascinating to me because I took the same class as the people that I was talking talking with. And um, I I remember putting together like a business plan. I use the air quotes business plan, right? You have no idea. Idea how to put that together and I was I was talking with the teacher a little bit I was like why don't you back it up a little bit because people like me and toot my own horn here is I can help them connect the dots right I want them to back up and be like what's something you're passionate about okay so this this starts with actually the precursor of like take some personality tests get an understanding of who you are and and re- let that reflect back to you be like oh this is why I do things a certain and way they and should that's have, good. they should do that in high school they it, should it, give them the personality test absolutely I totally agree the self awareness mm-hmm. so teaching them some of that self awareness is one of the things that we're actively doing with them and the next part of it is finding things that you're passionate about and honestly I don't care what it is because you're gonna you're gonna think further ahead if you're doing something that you're passionate about now we tie business to it so the simple example that I do and this is for anyone that's listening right. If you've got a business idea or just something that you're interested in, there's a million ways to attack it. There's a million ways for if you have the entrepreneurship you know, state of mind, you can go do a lot of different things. So a, a lot of the, the kids, and I remember because I did it, I was like, oh, I was interested in sports. So I'm going to start a sporting goods line. When actually, no, that's a retail business. And I have I don't give a shit about retail. Yeah. All numbers, all this other sort of stuff, whatever. So let's back that up. What would be more interesting to me at Inventory. that time? Inventory. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I'm laughing because that's essentially what my degree is in. And yeah. I'm like, ew. <laughs> 
together. <laughs> Gross. But but if you start thinking about it though, it's um it's okay. Well, maybe a sports camp would be more interesting because I could put together maybe some curriculum and the sports things that I'm interested in. Right. That's a simple example because these kids are thinking, okay, what are the four wall mortar businesses around yes. town? And they're like, oh, I want to do a car wash. Let's think like what, what? Tell me a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about what you like. What right? Even just being like, oh, I like houses. Well, I could teach them a lot about real estate or interior design or, or whatever. Flipping or or oh my gosh, staging. could you imagine? Could you but, imagine? Yeah. Do you know how many interior designers just want to stage homes? Mm-hmm. They don't actually. Interior design sounds like what you watch Chip and Joanna do on HGTV. Yeah. And when I got into that degree and found out it's a lot of commercial crap that you like. It's like it's essentially designing hospitals and mm-hmm. like things that you're like fire rated walls and Gross. how many how many exit signs you need i'm like ew <laughs> yeah they actually just want to they just want to stage right um but uh let's see how much time we got left um <laughs> but, we're getting uh, the wrap up sign yeah. <laughs> the lights come on um uh, no so um i was losing my train of thought oh um so just like talk about like Helping them kind of connect the dots and just being like, don't ever lose that spark, don't ever lose that passion. And if that means something to any one of, you know, so entrepreneurs are, you know, make up like less than 1% of the population, truly. And that's, and that's totally fine. Like we're talking in terms of entrepreneurship and encouraging people just kind of challenge status quo, understand, because there are people also that are in 95 jobs that are incredibly fulfilled. And that's another thing that I want to acknowledge too, because there are people that are doing exactly what they want to do. One of my best friends is a CPA. He, he loves that aspect of the job. Um, he's very, very good at it. But that money allows him to go pursue other things yeah. that he wants to do. But like, you know? here's the funny thing, Aaron. If you're talking to kids about uh, – like entrepreneurism was like a class that kids like took as a blow-off when I was in sure. high school. Now it's a whole different mindset. And, and at this point in the game, we're all entrepreneurs. That's like, true. Like your dad runs an, a dentist's office. He has to find patients. Good point. Those are clients. Your friend's a CPA. He has to find clients. Because just like a realtor, you can spit and hit a CPA. So you have to attract clients. You have to do client retention. You have to build relationships with people so that they trust you. Because you're handling all their figures and numbers. And they trust that you're doing it better than they could do. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of jobs anymore that don't require the relationship building. And that's another aspect of, of what these kids should know. It's like... It's what we people should say, like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's never been more important than in 2019. Totally agree. And you have the ability to reach more people and really create and engage relationships with people Message all across people. the world. Yeah. Message people and ask what you want to ask them. And if they say no, that's the worst that's going to happen and you got to move on to the next. Dang right. And, and furthermore, like, you have access to more people than you ever have before. So, like, I have, I have people on my team that are from South Africa. And we can have like a we actually have an active yeah. relationship because I can see them on video and things like that. So like expand your network. Don't like think of just who's in town. You know, you don't people even you know how many people with. that I might message on Facebook who I haven't spoken to in twenty years that used to intimidate me. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, what you're doing is awesome. I want you on my podcast. I want to talk right. about it. And I just offer them that and ask. And I just ask. Yeah. I just ask. I don't have much to offer you. But I would love <laughs> to have your insight, your opinion, your expertise on my podcast. Are you free? If you're not, you're not. If they blow you off, they don't respond to your messages, they ghost you, great. Move on to the next. Absolutely. Just keep moving and just trust your own intuition. We don't trust our own intuition enough. Totally agree. Totally agree. This is awesome. This was awesome. Thanks, thank Aaron. you. Well, thank you for having me and really appreciate you a lot. And thanks for sharing a lot too. Like I, I really true truly do mean it that um the level of vulnerability that you show are is is inspiring and empowering to a lot of people and don't ever forget that. Well, I'm gonna leave with, with this one last note. It was I, I saw um somebody said this in an interview and it really rang true to me. 
Nobody can beat you up with your own truth. So just be authentic and truthful in who you are. And even if it's the worst thing in the world that's happened, if you just own it, mm-hmm. nobody else can put that back on you because you've awesome. already said it first. So well put. own your truth, guys. <laughs> Have a good day. Awesome. See ya. Mm-hmm.